0: Yes, here we are. It's an official midsummer update. Robcast 329. (laughs) Because it's an official midsummer update because it's the middle of summer. I got nothing for you, really. Got nothing big or profound, you know. (laughs) But I did meet a man in Amsterdam whose name is Harm. Come on, how awesome is that? And literally, his sister was standing next to him, and she said, yeah, harm, as in do no harm. Oh, what a feast. You know I love names. Like, I'm slightly, parentheses, I'm slightly obsessed with names, words, arrangements of words, phrases, titles. (laughs) Harm. Oh, I mean, I, like, think about that. Some parents somewhere, a mom or a dad, maybe a mom and a dad. Someone somewhere had a discussion about this. They at least thought, what should we call him? How about harm? How great is that? Oh, what a pleasure. I mean, I'm telling you, we were, we've been traveling, moving through Europe, meeting people, every person I met, I was like, oh, here we go. Because you never know, I met a poppy, of course, a couple Nigel's, some shavans, multiple shavans, multiple shavans in one evening. I mean, I saw in uh, Oslo, I saw my friend Ulf. Uh-huh. U-L-F is how he spells his name. He is a glorious soul, this man. Ulf and I took a walk after the Oslo show through Oslo in the evening. It was just the best, that guy. But I mean, Ulf, what a name. And he lives up to it, I'm telling you. But the best. I mean, the, the name that, like, I'm still, well, I mean, I don't know. What's it been? Six weeks, and I'm still a month, and I'm still just, oh, so thrilled. At the club in Berlin, the sound guy. So I go around, and I meet all the different people working at the venue that night. The sound guy, hi, I'm Rob. He says, hi, I'm Asterix. <laughs> wait. Wait. Asterix. Wait. Asterix? He says, Yeah. It's like, oh, God, that name is awesome. And then I said, which I, I would just say, don't do this. Don't do what I did. I mean, you can if you want, but it's not. This Kids, don't try this at home. But I was like, wait, your parents named you after a punctuation mark? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, the cartoon. Now, I know a number of you are like, yeah, the cartoon, Rob Bell. Where have you been? Apparently, I've completely missed out on this because when he said asterix, I was like, who named uh, a punctuation? That is awesome. I mean, I thought it was amazing, but really, that is a, that is a new one. So I immediately Google the, I immediately pull out my phone and Google the punctuation mark to show him. But I look over and he has pulled out his phone and he is Googling the cartoon. And I hold up my phone and I was like, I thought you meant asterix asterisk and he's like no asterix and he holds up his phone and i see the cartoon i'm telling you people what a moment coming together like that <laughs> oh so great at which point the lighting guy who overhears all this says to me i'm from croatia i play the harp Now, if that's not a strong opener, I don't know what is. I mean, where is it going to go from here? I'm from Croatia, and I play the harp. And he says, and then he follows it up. Because right there, I'm always like, you can just stop right now, my man. Whatever it is, you just won the whole thing. He then follows it up and says, but I'm thinking about moving to Los Angeles. He pauses. Because they need the harp there. (laughs) Come on. I'm thinking about moving to Los Angeles because they need the harp there. <laughs> okay, fine. Laugh. I'm laughing. Go ahead and laugh at that. Yet, how do you know we don't? Right? Right? See what I mean? See what kind of psycho, spiritual, intellectual, advanced player jujitsu jitsu that guy is doing? They need the harp. How do we know we don't? How do we know he doesn't show up? And he's like, I'm from Croatia. I play the harp. The time has come. And something, something, right? Because you're right now, like, I'd like to meet this guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was so great. So you just cannot. Human beings, I'm telling you, human beings are unbelievable. We uh, arrived and we took a train from Copenhagen to Berlin. We get to the Berlin train station and Violet and I are hungry so I was like, let's go get some food and Kristen says, I'll stay with the bags, stay with the suitcases you guys go ahead. So we go wandering in the Berlin train station and there's a whole row of food stalls and one of them has french fries and Violet, I was like, you want some french fries? Because she's 13, french fries is, you know, the food group she's like, yeah, I'd like some french fries. I was like, I bet you they have good french fries here so I go up and I order her french fries in German and the guy hands me the french fries, I pay. But I look over her and her eyes are like, whoa, like I'm performing some magic voodoo, like I've cast some sort of spell, like I have secret powers she knew not of previous to this moment. She's like, I get the, fr- I hand her the fries, we're walking away, and she's like, whoa, dad, what did you just, you know, German? You just spoke, like you just spoke in German and the guy knew what you were saying and you bought the french fries. And how did you, I didn't know that. Can you just go to any country and speak like, I mean, the whole way back to Kristen, she is, and honestly, those of you who know, know, if you have a junior high student, you'll take any points you can put on the board, right? Because that's like, that's a time of life when you're, you're regularly getting scored on. You're like, oh, dad, right? But for a, for just a brief walk from that food stall back to Kristen, I am the sultan of Germany, because apparently I can just show up and magically speak. I mean, she is just like blown away with the superpower I have. We get back to Kristen. She's like, Mom, Dad, he just ordered these fries in German. He just spoke to the guy. The guy knew what he was saying, got him the fries. I mean, I didn't know Dad spoke. I mean, how does he do that? That's amazing. And Kristen just shakes her head. It's like, (laughs) some of you know exactly where this is going. Kristen's like, Violet your dad doesn't speak German. She's like, here's what your dad does. He knows how to make German-sounding sounds. <laughs> how great is that? She's like, your dad knows how to make sounds that sound like German words. He arranges the sounds in in a particular order, but he sells it. He just goes for it. She's like, That's what your dad does. He makes German sounding sounds. He goes for it. And let me guess, he used a lot of hand gestures and facial gestures. She's like, It's just sheer positivity along with some sounds and gestures that inevitably the person figures out what he's trying to do there. And it looks like he's speaking German, but your dad was not speaking the German language. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, my reign of magical powers in my daughter's eyes came to an abrupt end. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was laughing there on the train platform in Berlin. I was laughing so hard while she just destroyed my linguistic capabilities. I'm seriously, you would have laughed. I should get her some time to do her little thing on my inability/slash ability to speak other languages because it was just so classic by the way after the german show i'm out front at the columbia theater on the north side of templehof and this guy says to me he says birch tree he's like that is awesome (laughs) i was like and i had this moment of complete bewilderment like birch tree. That is awesome. Like I was totally lost. Like we have an inside joke that I don't know. And then he says, you know, find me a straight river. Oh man. That's how it works with travel. Because before we left, I'd recorded this audio book called find me a straight river. It's all about fear and failure and about how creation actually works and how there are no straight rivers, rivers wind. There are no actual straight lines in nature. Uh, The only straight line is the horizon, which actually isn't a straight line. It's an illusion formed by a circular planet. So if you begin with how creation works and then you align yourself with that, you end up with a very different understanding of how to be a human and how it actually works to learn how to be you. Um, And that most of the time when people are talking about fear and failure, I, I am attempting in the three hours to simply give you an entirely new way of thinking about fear and failure so that you can just go be you. Um... And one of the things I do in it is talk about how a birch tree produces like roughly 250 million seeds, but only a couple of the seeds actually become fully formed birch trees. And uh, it's, it's like a truth you have to just, it's like you have to hear it with, with your heart. So millions and millions and millions of birch trees never become birch trees. So so, man, we would call that waste, that those seeds failed, but the birch tree doesn't. Because creation, creation creates way more than it needs because it has a completely different conception, if, if that's even the right word, of fear, failure, waste, what it even needs. So if you look around you and see how creation actually works, uh, you then have to come up with a completely different understandings of production, efficiency, waste, failure you so that's what i'm trying to do but i'm telling you the beauty that's what i'm trying to, to help you see but it's not something just you see it's like facts you you take in you absorb and it just reshapes the whole way you think everything honestly that's what happened to me so that's what i'm trying to do in the audiobook is show you what happened to me in regards to fear and failure um but i'm telling you the beauty of a guy being like The birch tree, that is awesome. And not having any idea what he was talking about and then suddenly being like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like we had an inside joke that I lost out on and then I came back to it. Oh, so to that guy, thank you. That was a beautiful moment. By the way, speaking of beautiful moments, Amsterdam is filled with canals and bikes. Two things. You go to Amsterdam, you're like, wow, these canals are amazing and wow, people fly on their bikes. The bike thing thing is amazing. And there's like all these ways they ride and they like move in and out of each other and stop and start and somehow doesn't seem like anybody there are not like endless pileups but you swear there would be and the bikes are like some of them are like super advanced there's this is a van move this company that makes these they look like classic bikes but they're super high tech with like like these security monitors in them just amazing and then they have like the old school black bikes that are tilted back a little with a higher headstock that are just cla- like it's, a, it's exactly what you think it would be so you can just watch people go by on bikes we would literally wake up in the morning and across like this plaza from our hotel was this like stone brick building with like a hut on it's a hut a turret on one end like a cone shaped thing our hotel by the way was called the conscious hotel how great is that and uh, across from the conscious hotel there's this like this build i can't even describe this like circular thing added to this big brick this stone building and there in the mornings they make coffee and do like fresh pastries. And I'm telling you so good. We would go there get a coffee pastry and then we would sit on the bench outside and just watch the bikes go by and discuss stranger things. Cause stranger things season four dropped while we were traveling. So Violet and I had some serious, uh, watching we had to do, but we would just sit and watch the bikes go by and discuss for hours Season four of Stranger Things and have the best coffee and croissants ever. Anyway, those canals and bikes, a guy told us every year, they pull 12,000 bikes out of the canals. (laughs) How is that stat? Go ahead, take that stat. Carry that stat around for a day and see if it's not still with you. Not only 12,000 bikes... End up in the canals every year, and then they go through and dredge them, I guess, and pull them all out. Just, just, just try to, just picture twelve thousand bikes. Twelve, picture twelve thousand bikes getting tossed into canals. What's even better than that? Just take a step back on this one. Take a drone shot of that stat. Somebody counted. Somebody's job is that their job. Ugh, this is the kind of stuff that you just right. Like, like, like if you're if you're bored and you're a human being, then you're not paying attention. Twelve thousand bikes get tossed in the canals. Come on. By the way, whew, Brighton. Let's talk about Brighton for a second. What is this? A travel log? What am I doing here? <laughs> oh yeah, it's an official midsummer update. That's what it is. <laughs> okay, here's the update on Brighton. Brighton is this lovely seaside town south of London. I, uh, Kristen and Violet and I parted ways for a couple days, they went to London, I went up to Glasgow, then over to Ireland. And then I flew to London Gatwick and then took a train and and they were taking a train from London, I was taking a train from the train station from the airport, we were going to meet up in Brighton, I get to the train station platform at London Gatwick to go to Brighton, and a bunch of Brighton trains had been cancelled and it had been delayed. So all these people are trying to get on this one train and the platform is packed. And people are coming down the escalator. So people are getting pushed closer and closer to the edge of the platform. And you're like, oh, a train's going to come in. This is not good. It's so tense. Then the train comes, and you're like, is everybody here going to try to get on the train? Because that's not going to work. But everybody does try to get on the train. And bodies, I'm telling you, I love them British folks. But whoo-wee, that was tight. It's a hot day. And it's just body to body. That area right when you step in the doors is just people standing body to body, body. One guy has a bike, the doors close, and then he just hugs his bike and leans against the inside of the doors the whole ride. Like at any moment, if the doors open, that guy's just out. And it's so compact that it's quiet. You know what I mean? You know that thing that happens when, when enough people are in an incredibly tight space, like if you've been in an elevator and the elevator gets completely jammed, And no one says anything because everybody in their head is like, just get through it, just get through it, just get through it. If you have any claustrophobia issues, you're like going just mental. So this train, (laughs) I'm telling you this train, there's just no room. People are leaning up against each other, faces and armpits, all that. It is at this moment, and the train's going along, no one is saying it's the quietest, crowdedest space I've ever been in, I swear to you. At this moment, a guy, maybe six, eight feet from me, who's standing in this area where I'm standing, like right right inside the door, pulls out his phone and calls his friend and starts describing the situation to his friend. Hey, mate. Yeah, I got a proper balls up here. (laughs) And he starts... Oh, God, I love the British. He starts describing what a mess and how packed it was and how dangerous and how the train is barely moving with all these people. And it's one of those... Things where he is he's describing it so perfectly and it's so tense and terrible that he starts laughing he's like making himself laugh at how oh fuck all this is not gonna end well like he is just going oh mate i mean he is just going and i start making eye contact with people because people start smiling it's like a master class And what to do when you're in a situation where you just want it to end. So, this, there we go, Midsummer Update. Here's a little thing. I told you up front, I had nothing profound to say. Here's the thing start narrating the thing like you're not in it. (laughs) Cause he's like, he's literally narrating it like he's somewhere else. Like, oh, it is just. So, he is doing this play by play, and the whole train, there's only no noise, the entire train is this guy. It's so perfect. I'm so delighted. I completely forget that I am like, Barely getting enough oxygen. And then uh, I seriously, I could not believe he was saying what he was saying. It was so he's like, he's like, honestly, mate. He says, I think he's like, I wouldn't be surprised at the next station if the if the train driver just gets off the train is just like I'm enough of this. I'm not bothering with this. I can't be bothered with this. He starts doing this like hypothetical situation in which the driver of the train realizes how bad it is and just doesn't want anything to do with it and he paints this picture of the driver at the next just walking off the train and just walking away from this whole thing and it's so good it's so funny it's so perfect we stop at the first station which is three bridges in between london and brighton and i know what you're thinking you're already ahead of me exactly what happened happened the train First off, like one person gets off, and like I don't know how many tried to get on, so it gets even more compact. And then the train doesn't leave the station, so we are now even. There was no way to fit more bodies. You can't fit more bodies without people pairing up. You know what I'm saying? It's like it it's it is dense, and and then the train is just there on the platform. And it's you, normally you stop for like what t- two minutes, three minutes. People on, people off. Here we go. And the train isn't moving three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. And it is hot. Did I mention that? Because a couple of days earlier, it had been like a record heat wave. And we get like three, four, five, six minutes. And it is, and then inevitably a voice comes on the intercom and says, the driver has left the train. The driver has left the train. We are waiting for a relief driver. We don't know how long it will be. (laughs) Oh, my word. Seriously. Uh, The fact that that guy had done a whole bit on that, and it had been like some beautiful sort of sketch, sort of improv, whatever, and then that actually happened. I'm telling you, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, you cannot make this up. By the way, Copenhagen, magical. My grandfather's from Denmark, so I have this connection with Denmark. But Copenhagen, whew, my kids call it the fatherland. And <laughs> Germany, a person refers to it as the motherland because Kristen's ancestry is German. But Copenhagen, I was like, "Wow, is Copenhagen actually magical or is it because I have this deep connection with it? But I met enough people who are like, no, Copenhagen actually is magical. But whew, that place does something to you. By the way, speaking of magical places, have you been to Ojai? O-J-A-I, Ojai. This small town north of Los Angeles in the Ojai Valley. What a place. We've gone up there for years now, but I was like, I should do something there. So, my friends... We just put up dates for the first two day since the fall of 2019. Is that right? Oh my word! It's been like it will be a lot of years. Was that three years? I can't even do the math on that. Three years, um, since I did like in person two days. But we're gonna do we're gonna do one in Ojai, and I'm telling you, you're gonna yeah. So here's how it works. There'll be a small group of us, somewhere between 20 and 30 people for two days straight. You bring whatever you're creating, working on, making, doing, saying, uh, trying to bring into the world, giving birth to, innovate, whatever it is you're doing. You bring the question you have. So very similar to the something to say, to the Zoom sessions I've been doing, you bring the question you have. Uh, you bring the stuckness, and then for two days we go. So the first day, Monday morning at 9 a.m., we're doing November 14th and 15th, uh, you bring your question, first person sits across from me at 9 a.m. on the first day, I say, what is the nature of the stuckness? You tell me what you're working on, what it is, and then I start asking you questions, take you through this process, and then we watch you. We watch you see it. We watch you get the clarity you're asking for. And then next person comes up, then next person. So you meet these people from all over, I mean, all over the globe who are making a new world. And we're in a room together for two days. And then when you go to meals, you meet these people and you go to like, when we take breaks and stuff, you go to the meals with them and things happen. I'm telling you. And I just started doing it this way in end of 2019. And then of course, all that got put on hold. But now we're going to do this again, and I am so thrilled. So two days in Ojai, all the info is at my site, and oh, so, so thrilled to be doing this again. And uh, what else? It's an official midsummer update. Oh, Australia, um, end of October, last two uh, shows of Everything is Spiritual, and the end of that chapter end of the tour end of all that so um the two sydney shows have been combined into one and the two melbourne shows have been combined into one so end of october i'm doing one show in sydney one show in melbourne and all you australian friends yep we'll be in a room together after a number of years where we couldn't move around so um that's coming all those those tickets info etc at my site by the way do you know two-thirds of the cars in norway are electric yeah Yeah, like literally a country was like, let's just reduce our carbon emissions. Let's uh, get everybody in electric vehicles. So they're doing it. Yeah, a whole group of people. Let's just do that. If you could see the German recycling, how, like even in a restaurant, how particular and precise they are in what gets recycled how. Yeah, yeah, when you move around, uh, you see all the things that people are doing. That's what you're struck with you're struck with all of the new things. Like no one smokes on planes anymore. So somebody at some point was like, hey, smoking on planes? We're already in a metal tube in the sky. Why put fire sticks in your mouth that smoke come out the end of? Right, so like human beings can change behaviors. Yeah, we wear seat belts. We didn't used to wear seat belts and we got a bunch of data that said seatbelts like save lives, so we started doing it. Now if you don't put a seatbelt on, you feel naked. So human beings are actually capable of extraordinary changes in behavior that's what you notice moving from place to place to place day after day after day by the way at one point we rented a volvo station wagon i'm slightly obsessed with station wagons have i said that before oh god station wagons are i mean like a like a volkswagen passat wagon an audi all road some of those older bmw station wagons just a good station wagon and i am like yes oh amazing subaru station wagon Whew. I mean, station wagons. Um, and of course, it, it, uh, those of you Europe friends, like, yeah, station wagons are everywhere. You're like, yeah, it's just called a car. But for me, it's like, no, look at that. But uh, at one point, we, we rented a Volvo and drove across Sweden. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, literally, my, my idea of like the perfect vacation, rent a car at a place you've never been and then just drive around. And, like, drive down random roads and, like, just stop whenever you feel like it. That is the best. By the way, we're driving across Sweden, and we see a billboard, like, with a giant fresh kale salad, and everything in the billboard was, like, fresh organic food, but the logo said McDonald's. We were like, wait, what? So we stop... At a McDonald's, which I think Violet has been to like two or one McDonald's in her entire life. We stop at a McDonald's in Sweden. Kristen gets a kale salad. The tableware, the silverware, is recyclable wood. And there's a specific place where you recycle the wood silverware. It is some of the freshest. It's so good. (laughs) Literally the Swedes took an American thing that if you ate it regularly would kill you and made it, like, organic and healthy and amazing. They're like, oh, we could do that thing that you do. We can just do it, like, way, way better. (laughs) Oh, by the way, one more thing for the official Midsummer update. There is a restaurant in Berlin, in Mitte, M-I-T-T-E. Like, I think it means middle or medium, like, in this part of Berlin called The Middle. There's a restaurant called Era, A-E-R-A. They painted the walls blue. The bathroom, by the way, is chrome. The whole thing, it's like an aluminum chrome, just like a silver box. So, I mean, just visually, it's amazing. When you walk in, there are wooden, like, stumps for chairs on, and benches, like on one side, tables, little tables on the left side. On the right side is a long bar that has, they do wine, some pastries, coffee, and then grilled cheese. Grilled cheese is like the thing. And so you're like, oh yeah, grilled cheese, I've had grilled cheese. No, you haven't. I don't even know how we knew to go in there and how we even knew to order the grilled cheese other than that was the only game and the, the, the thing was basically like grilled cheese with a couple other things. I'm telling you, this grilled cheese, it was on gluten, first off, gluten-free bread, which tasted better than most of the bread, other kind of bread you've had, non-gluten-free, whatever, gluten bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't even know you know there are things that you rate like, "Oh, that was good." Oh, that was mediocre." "Oh, that was that was meh," or, as my kids would say, "mid." Uh, but uh, and then there are things that exist in a different category, where you encounter them and you go, "What is this?" Or "What was that?" There's the sta- standard Rotten Tomatoes rating you apply to most things, and then there are other things that exist in a different category where you don't even use your standard rating system because you're still filled with questions about what just happened. It, it was less something to be analyzed and more something simply to be experienced and marveled at. I'm telling you, this grilled cheese, it was, it was like somebody just started over. And we're like, oh, what if we took cheese on... Like, it's like they weren't aware that there was... They shouldn't even call it a grilled cheese. They have to come up with a different category for this. By the way... <laughs> Violet, Violet has such great language. She sometimes uses words. It's so fantastic. But all, all summer, like when something was good, she'd be like, slay, which makes me laugh. She'd be like, slay. But at one point, just recently, we came across something great, and Violet was like, someone hit the slay button. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, try that. Try that. Just to have that... Just just put that in your lexicon. Use that with somebody. Today, you come across something great, right? You're with a burrito. You're with your friend, right? Ricky, your friend Wanda, whatever. Just take a bite of that burrito. Just look at them and be like, whoa, someone hit the sleigh button and just watch them. Because <laughs> that, that... <laughs> I'm telling you, this grilled cheese, someone hit the sleigh button. I mean, and can you even imagine? Because generally with a restaurant, you need investment. Can you imagine the the people who had this idea and I assume had to go out and get some investment. Here's what we're going to do. A little coffee, some wine, and some pastries, but we're going to do grill, it's going to be grilled cheese. Real, grilled cheese? Yep. How many different kinds? Just one. One. Yep. Actually, we're going to have a vegan and a regular. You're going to have two kinds. Wait. The whole business model is grilled cheese. They're going to have two different grilled cheese sandwiches. That's basically what you're going to... Yep. Mm-hmm. You can... I cannot... Somebody... But then, you know what they probably did is they were like, here, try one. And then they were like, okay, how much money you need? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Somebody in Berlin completely reinvented grilled cheese as something else. You know, I told you I didn't have anything, anything, anything to say on this official midsummer update. Yeah, I do. You see, so you never know. You never know. You never know when a thing that you think is a thing is the thing you know to be the thing. You never know when someone's going to come along and completely transform what you think about it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's what that's what I kept noticing going to all these meeting all these people, going to all these places, moving among all these different countries. Yeah, is all these people who are like, "Hey, we need we need a we need a whole new world here. A bunch of things aren't working." Yeah, massive dissatisfaction which which has massive numbers of people going well, how should it be? Yeah. How should how should we make it? Yeah. Yeah. So you can be cynical if you want. That's fine. That's always out there. That's always an option. You can be like, oh, this thing is never, it's barely hanging on. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, That's how it works. Yeah, something has to die so something can be born. A whole bunch of things are dying. Yeah. So you you can read this moment. You can read it as, are there any reasons for hope? Somebody literally asked me that. Is there any reason to have any hope? So many people are in, it's not working. So many of these systems aren't working. Yeah, that's the hope right there. Tons of people are like, we need a whole new thing. And when that happens, human beings, God, somebody in Berlin is making a grilled cheese that will make you completely rethink grilled cheese. Yeah, and it's just grilled cheese. No, it's not. (laughs) It's everything. It's everything. Who knows? Who knows what kind of new world is just around the corner? Yeah, yeah, someone hit the sleigh button. <laughs> this has been an official mid-summer update. Now more than ever, I'm sending you peace and love.